What do you get when you mix Josh from the Horror Movie Crew podcast and Michael from the We Love Horror podcast? You get another horror podcast. What's up, guys? I'm Michael. And I'm Josh. And welcome back to another Horror Pod. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am really, really good. Well, first and foremost, I get to see your beautiful face again. I feel like it, you know, we go way too long without seeing each other. So when I do get to see you, it, you know, it just brightens my day. And as you know, Josh, because the last, you know, month, you know, three weeks, I've just been bothering you incessantly about how excited I am to do this episode. <laughs> mm, yes, you've been very, very excited to do the um, movies we're going to be talking about, which is The Conjuring Universe. So, yes, you have, I wouldn't say you've been bugging me, but you've definitely been um, <laughs> reinforcing the fact that you are very excited to uh, discuss these movies, so... Yeah, it was kind of a similar situation from when we did the Final Destination franchise. I already had the outline done the day before, the day after we had announced it. I had my I all have I have all of my promotional stuff done now. Um, so I, I was very excited, as you can tell. I can tell you use the word <laughs> yeah. excited a lot. So sometimes I'm like, is he really excited, or is he just saying excited because it's his go-to? But I feel I'm like ecstatic. with this, there we go, franchise, you are uh, excited, which. Uh, I am also excited because some of these are first watches for me, so I'm uh, I'm glad really? I I'm glad I jumped into it. But before we get into that, dude, what do you, what have you been watching, dude? Anything good? What have you been up to? I have my list right here. So, um, what I've been up to is just uh, trying, like, planning on finding a new place to move into. Um, so that's been kind of stressful. Bought a store or paid for a storage unit last week. So I'm going to move all my stuff there. So nothing too exciting. And I've been watching these movies, but aside from that, Josh, are you ready to hear the things I've been watching? I can't wait. I'm, I bet I can name them. It's probably dead to me for the 76th time. It's a uh, Bly Manor and no, go, go ahead. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you're going to be actually impressed. There is nothing on this list that I have. Um, well, there were a couple of things that I've seen before, but uh, actually, there's only one on here that I've seen before, but everything else I've, I haven't seen before. So um, first off, I watched uh, Things uh, Seen and Heard on Netflix. It was that new Amanda Seyfried movie that came out. Like, Is that week. good? Um, I liked it for the most part. There mm -hmm. were things I think the ending was kind of meh for me. Um, but other than that, I, I did like it. I think I think Amanda Seyfried is a, an amazing actress, but I just love her and everything she's in. So I'm a, I'm a little biased to that. That's how I am, though. I usually watch things, even if they're shitty. I'll watch it just because there's a specific person in it that I'm like, you know, what? I like this person. I'll give this movie a chance. Um, but no, I, I liked it. There were I think it had I think it started off strong. I think just the way it ended was a little. Mm. It could have been better, but that's that's fine. <laughs> um, I watched Yes Man, which is one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Jim Carrey's Yes Man with the very young and up and coming Bradley Cooper. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Zoe Deschanel too. 
Oh, that's true. I forgot she's in that. That is a good <laughs> movie, honestly. I don't know if it's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, but it's definitely a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of the movies that he made before he kind of went downhill a little bit. Yeah, he's hit or miss um, for yeah. me at least. I don't know. I could go on a whole, but I could probably do an entire episode on Jim Carrey because I am a big Jim Carrey fan. But um, he is definitely hit or miss. Yeah, um, I watched this other show called Sexify. I started this show on Netflix called Sexify. Ooh, um, but it's a foreign show, so it's got like English dubs, which I'm like, meh. I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of English dubs. I'd rather just watch it with subtitles because I don't know who they cast to do these voice <laughs> actor things, but they're horrible. It's like you couldn't find better people to to voice these characters. It's just awful. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a pretty interesting show so far. It's uh, it's about a girl that um, she's doing this uh, final project for college and uh, she ends up having to change it like halfway through. And so she she decides to do it on. um like sex hmm. like what what uh makes people a uh, tick i guess with sex and stuff like that. it's a very interesting show um and then i watched another uh movie called i care a lot actually i didn't finish it i started it because it gave me a lot of anxiety and i couldn't finish it i i'll probably finish it at some point but it started i don't know just the way it started uh it stars rosamund pike and she's basically like a uh what do they call those people that um relocate old like older people from their houses to like a, a assisted living facility what are those people called like you a know? social worker social worker i guess yeah and so she basically swindles these older people and forces them out of their home by telling them that they're not fit enough to live there on their own and then she um puts them in an assisted living facility where they can't contact the outside world they can't it's like it's She's basically an evil fucking person in this movie. Kind Doesn't of like it how have, she is in Bond um, Girl. Peter Dinklage in it? Um, I'm not 100% on that. He's but. the uh the little person from Game of Thrones. He plays Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones. I think he plays like a mob boss or something in it. See, I don't remember if he's in it or not. Oh, I thought I Seth I... said he had watched it, but I don't I don't maybe not. Maybe I don't know if I movie. got that far in there. I don't know. Um I don't know. I had to shut it off like maybe 30 minutes in because it was giving me anxiety. I was like, oh. oh, I can't like it was it was it was one of those movies that was frustrating me because it was like, how does no one else that's or like in this situation not know that something's going wrong? Like <laughs> it's a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I started watching didn't finish this one either, but it was called it's called Stowaway hmm. and it's like a sci fi thriller. It has um, Tony Collette in it. Uh Anna Kendrick I can't remember who the other guy is but basically they work on like a space station and this like stranger just somehow comes onto the space station and puts all of them in jeopardy kind of a thing so I started it didn't finish it but yeah that's what I've been watching this week so what about you Josh that's also a Netflix movie isn't it Mm mm-hmm okay man Netflix is coming out with some bangers (laughs) apparently huh maybe not though maybe not though you haven't had good things to say about any of them Hey, um, I had some good things to say about things seen and heard. I just think it could have been better at the that's end. Fair. But, you know. That's fair. That's oh, fair. Dude, it's, just, it's so funny because we take so much time in between these recordings that I have like so much to, to talk, not necessarily talk about, <laughs> but so much stuff that I've watched. I'm like, I kind of pick and choose what I want to talk about because I'm not going to sit here and list off everything or I'd put everybody in a bored trance of just anger probably where they want to cut my tongue out. Uh, <laughs> but the, the highlights have been, so I did watch the new Mortal Kombat movie. Did you see it? I have not seen it. Okay. Is it 
It's, what are your thoughts on it? I'm I curious. liked it. There's people that didn't like it. Um, James Wan did it, ironically, which we're talking about his uh, Conjuring universe on this episode. So I thought it was fitting to, to, to discuss it. But I think it's cool. They introduced a new character that's not in, from the games or from the previous history of the um, of the games and the backstory and whatnot. But I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought some of the fight scenes were cool. Um, I didn't go into it with, I won't say high expectations. I, I just honestly thought it was going to be good because James Wan is doing it but um, yeah. I think the people that were disappointed with it probably were expecting this to be something it isn't I mean it's a Mortal Kombat movie you know yeah um, so that's what I went into it anticipating and I thought it delivered so I liked it um, I know Jess is going to watch it again because she um, didn't really care for it and I forget what the uh, Elm Street guys thought but yeah I mean I, I liked it a lot um, it's definitely worth watching it's, it's not uh it's just a movie you can throw on and watch. It's it's you need you need you do need to pay attention to it, but it's not something that's um overbearing from a storyline perspective. I mean, you can just turn it on and it's a fun thing to watch, which I appreciated. So, uh, nice. Lawless, which you said you had never seen, you posted you um, Shia LaBeouf movies, in, or no, you didn't post them, but you had them Disturbia. on your yes, you did it in your Disturbia episode. I'm like, how did you not list Lawless? <laughs> it's on Netflix. You should definitely watch it. Um, it's got Tom Hardy, Shia LaBeouf. It, it's a really good movie. It's about um, during the Prohibition era. They're like uh, moonshiners, but yeah. Mm, I think the reason why I never watched it is because like that kind of so <clears throat> period piece films, like such mm-hmm. as like Games of Th- Game of Thrones era or like Western type of stuff, does not interest me at all. So it's hmm. like I usually don't, and I know I need to. excuse me i know i need to keep an open mind about stuff like that but i don't know it's just like those kind of movies and tv shows have never really interested me that much so i don't know i mean i'm i'll probably check it out it sounds intriguing so it's a great movie tom hardy's fantastic in it but um so my other podcast, the Horror Movie Crew podcast, we did our first watch party last month. Uh, we did the Toxic Avengers. So we get on Discord. I forget how many people, there were nine or ten people, I think, on there that watched it. And we can all type and chat while we're watching it. The movie, honest to God, was terrible. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but I feel like for that setting, that's kind of the movie you want because we were all just laughing and making fun of it. So we did watch the Toxic Avenger. Um we finished our April showers themed month, which was all horror movies based in the rain. And we went right into May, which this will come out in May. So our movies um, for May are going to be home invasions. So we kind of played into the April showers, bring May home invasions. So we're going to be talking Love about that. the movies, um, hush, funny games and your next. So those will all come out in May. So check those out. Uh, that's my other podcast, the horror movie crew, but really that's, uh, I could rattle off about 20 other things I've watched, but I don't think anybody cares about them. So I'm just going to stop it there, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of podcasts, for my other podcast, We Love Horror Podcast, um, I'm going to be doing episodes all throughout the month of May. I'm taking an entire month off in June just to kind of um, prepare for season two because I figured that would be a good place to start season two is when I get back in July. Um, so you actually, Josh, are doing some music for me so i'm going to come back with season two with pretty much a brand new uh opening theme like the music's going to be way different um i haven't decided if i'm going to change the full like intro or not i might just change the music that comes into it um but yeah you're doing that for me i've got a few format changes which i'm pretty excited about uh 
yeah, so everybody look out for that. Uh, look out for the episodes that I'm going to be putting out this month. I just came out with the, the Disturbia episode. By this point, I'll probably have already come out with the Strangers episode that I'm doing with Chuck and a couple of bonus episodes that I did with a couple of directors this past month. So very, very excited. So yeah, check out the We Love Horror podcast as well. Excellent, dude. So yeah, but um, without further ado... Josh, are you ready to get into what we're talking about today? I'm excited, dude. There's a lot of movies to dive into, so let's do it. Awesome. Um, do you remember your first introduction to this franchise? Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, The Conjuring. I remember when The Conjuring came out, and I remember seeing it. I'm like 99.9% sure I saw it in theaters, and just the... I remember the sound just because of the sounds that are in this movie and how they use the so, like the clap, the hide and clap game, and mm-hmm. just the jump scares from this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it, which is funny because I went into it um, thinking I would not really like it because honestly, uh, Insidious came out before The Conjuring, and I am yeah. not an Insidious fan. I don't know. We did an episode on it. Uh, I don't remember, I don't have it in front of me what HMC episode it was, but we did Insidious and um, yeah, dude, it's just not. It's just not for me. Um, so Are I you went talking in, about just the film itself or the franchise and as a whole. Uh, the first Insidious. I don't remember the okay. second one to be honest with you, and I didn't make it past the second one. I haven't seen any of the other ones. I don't know how many there are. I think there's three, right? And there's a fourth one coming out. No, there's there's um. Yeah, I think there's four. Mm-hmm. There's four. Yeah. Um, in my humble opinion, though, Josh, I really think you should watch two and three because I've, in my opinion, those are the two best ones in the franchise. I will agree with you on the first one. There's certain things with the first one that have not aged well. Um, but I remember the first time I watched the first Insidious and it scared the living fucking shit out of me. So I, I still think it's a, a good movie for what it did back in that time when it came out. But yeah i agree it's not the strongest movie in the franchise i would prefer the sequel and the third one over that one but anyway i'm sorry continue so i went into <laughs> just kind of shocked me a little bit kind of threw me off that you were like yeah i'm not a big fan i was like yeah okay. i'm not i re- i do remember the second one being better than the first one i believe but i didn't make it past the second one um but anyway i went into the conjuring uh not with high hopes just because i knew it was not the same as Insidious, but you know, in the same realm of Insidious. So, but anyway, it blew me away. I love The Conjuring, so it's again. Um, that was my first introduction to it was was uh, through The Conjuring, and then um, I know I saw The Conjuring two in theaters, but I had never seen any. I didn't think had seen any of the Annabelle movies, so that that was fun to get into. But uh, yeah, my first introduction was The Conjuring. Very nice. Um, my my first introduction was also The Conjuring, but for some weird reason, and I don't remember why back in 2013 when this movie came out, why I never went to the theater to see it. But for some reason, like I didn't go see it in the theater. Hmm. Don't ask me why. I really don't know. I don't know. Um, so the first time I watched this, I rented it and watched it at home with a with a couple of friends, and I loved it too. Um, I think it's a great film. I think you know what the films that came after it and i i did want to um you and i have been chatting about this back and forth like since we you know came up with the idea to do the conjuring franchise next uh we had talked about how you know the conjuring franchise i feel like a lot of people give it a lot of shit like most of the movies like the spinoff films mm-hmm. but even the spinoff films aren't that bad like there's not a single movie in this franchise that i wouldn't mind sitting down and watching like 
you know, you have franchises like Final Destination, for example, the fourth one, I don't put in period because I hate it. But with this franchise, like there's so many, the, all the movies, like I can pop in at any time and just watch, like it doesn't bother me. So um, I don't know. I, I, I like this franchise a lot. I think that what the first one did kind of paved the way for all these other films to come along and, you know, um, but uh, what, not a number placement, Josh, but where do you rank this franchise as a whole in horror movie history? Where would you put it? I definitely think it's up there. Um, for me, you know, I'm a slasher guy, so I prefer the slasher movies to the paranormal ghost type stuff. So um, for me to even put it up in a high placement is saying a lot about how much I do enjoy it. Because I'm, again, I would much rather watch a slasher movie than a, a movie like this except for yeah. the conjuring which is most likely why i never really got into the insidious stuff i don't like the paranormal activities movies um I'm trying to think of other ones that fall into this realm it's funny talking about it because i feel like 2009 2010 ish is where we really saw a change in horror movies where everything went to this type of um movie mm-hmm. which i yeah. think is probably you could probably contribute that to insidious and i know insidious had a lot of success um and that's the thing with horror movies, unfortunately, is that once one thing finds success, it seems like everybody jumps on that train and just tries to ride it until the freaking wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, that's that's just not my the type of movie that I'm attracted to. I'd much rather watch um, slasher movies. But that being said, um, I think that this this franchise as a whole is is definitely up there. And um, I guess this is the place to talk about it. I don't know that I would necessarily consider this a franchise because they do call it a universe. And I really think that makes more sense because for me, like when you look at Friday the 13th, you look at Texas Chainsaw, you look at Scream or you look at Elm Street, it's all pretty much the same core premise, same, I won't say characters, but there's a generally a similar character. Uh, even with like Insidious, um, generally it's the same characters in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more, they've been able to take that Conjuring movie and they've been able to take pieces out of it and then make franchises off of that, in my opinion. Like Annabelle could be its own standalone franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I see them probably doing that with The Nun. I don't know. Um, I may have liked that movie more than other people. We'll talk about it when we get to it. But um, just they've been able to take, and that's what is so wild about James Wan. I mean, he also did the Saw movies, right, which is another yeah. franchise. Um, it's just that he is able to build that world. And I think what's different with The Conjuring versus other franchises is that they've been able to take, and I, I do think that's why they call it a universe, is because they've been able to take certain pieces and parts out of that first Conjuring movie and then expand upon it, which they They've done very successfully, and I'll just play off what you said earlier. I don't think there's a bad movie in this universe. Um, there's some that I like more than others, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that when we get to it. But um, you know, we have to put them somewhere. Each one's going to have a number, and just because something's at number eight doesn't mean it's a bad movie. That's just where I think it falls within the the universe. But uh, yeah, it's up there for me. I, I won't put a number placement to it, but I I think this is a really great franchise. Yeah, awesome. Um, I don't know. I think this this franchise as well ranks really high for me. I think I'd probably put it in my top five. Um, mostly just because these are films that I can watch multiple times and they never get old for me. Um, there are certain movies in this franchise that I watch quite often 
um, more often than I'd like to admit, but everybody at this point knows how much I watch stuff over and over and over again. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, this, this franchise definitely ranks in my top five for sure. Um, and, and, and mostly because, you know, enjoyability level, but I remember seeing um, a few of these films in the theater. I think I've seen um, the conjuring two in theaters. I watched Annabelle creation in theaters. I watched the curse of La Llorona. Annabelle comes home and I watched um, the nun in theaters as well. So I basically only seen two at home, not in the theater. So this whole franchise I've basically seen in the theater and it, I don't know, there's something about going and seeing a movie like this in the theater. That's, I don't know. There's just something scarier about it. Oh, for um, sure. I think it's the, the, it's, it might sound stupid. I'm just a dumb hillbilly. Don't ever forget that. But uh, I, honest <laughs> to God, I think it's just because they have the fucking volume so loud in the damn theater. Yeah. With these movies, that's oh, yeah. the sound. It, with, that's the thing with most scary movies is generally it's the sound that makes you jump. It's not what's actually happening on the screen. And when you see something like this in theaters, it's just like it's just so freaking loud. <laughs> it really is. And you're like, okay, holy shit. Didn't uh, plan on going deaf today, but thanks. Right. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, what do you like and not like about this franchise as a whole? I feel like you kind of already expanded upon that when you were talking about your, uh, you know, where you place it in horror history. But yeah, kinda... um, I've again, I think that what they've been able to do with that first movie and how they've been able to take pieces and parts of it and build other movies off of that to where it's not just uh, the Warrens in every movie where, you know, mm-hmm. you get and more conjuring movies. Um, it's, you know, they've been able to take Annabelle and make a whole Annabelle series. They've done it with the nun. Um, yeah. And I know they've got other ones coming out too. I think they're doing like a crooked man spinoff or something. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the, the curse of La Llorona, um, which I really enjoyed as well. So I don't know. That's what I like about it is they've been able to be very creative with it. It's not just your run of the mill, take this franchise, take these characters and just run it into the ground until we can't make money with it anymore or until nobody cares about it. I think that they've gotten creative in the way they've added movies to it. Very nice. And what do you not like about it? Uh, the thing I dislike, and I don't, I don't think it's this movie's any of these movies' fault. It's more the perception they get. It kind of frustrates me a little bit because I feel like whenever people talk about the Conjuring universe or these movies that are in this particular franchise, it's that oh, those movies are dumb. They're just, they're just a jump scare fest. That's all it mm-hmm. is. They rely on jump scares. That's how they they scare you. Is that, that they rely on it so heavily. That's all the movie is, and that's honestly not true at all. So I would say the thing I dislike is the perception that the movies have, um, and not necessarily anything that the movies have done to like upset me or piss me off or any of the directions that the movies have taken. So it's it's more or less um, ignorant people on the internet that I don't like. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Um, I think what I like about it a lot is, uh, you know, kind of touching on what you said as well. I agree with that. Um, I also like how, I don't know. Um, I like the direction these films take. I feel like these movie, you know, the conjuring and the conjuring two are their own movies in the same, you know, Annabelle, Annabelle creation, Annabelle comes home. Like they're all based around this similar premise, but they're all different in their own way. So I like going into these movies they're all like different. Mm-hmm. There's not one that I feel like is exactly like the other one. So it's like I watch Annabelle, a whole different like feel, a whole different like, you know, 
atmosphere from Annabelle creation, but they're both really good movies. In my opinion, I, I really enjoy, I just really enjoy this franchise as a whole. I think it's really fun. Like I said, there's not a single movie in this franchise that I'm like, ugh, I can't stand any of these. Like, I can't stand this movie. I'm not going to put it in. Like, I can put every single movie in this franchise in and just watch it. Um, I mean, I do think that, like you said, there are some better there are some better movies than others in this franchise. Um, but as a whole, this franchise is a very, very strong franchise, and I, I like it. Um, things that I don't like about it is I think that, you know, as different as some of these movies are, I think, and I, I talk about this a little bit in um, the Conjuring episode that I did a while back with my friend from a fag on film. We talked about this and it, it's just like, that's kind of the thing with James Wan is he kind of um, creates these universes. He creates a specific way that he films these movies. And I feel like ever, you know, ever since Insidious, ever since the Conjuring franchise, like all these movies come out, I see these tactics replicated by these other people that are just like constantly recycling the same shit okay let's pan over here nothing there pan back pan over here nothing there and then it's like they do they kind of do that a lot in this franchise where they kind of um play with the same kind of camera tricks and it just it does get a little bit old and you know a little wore out after a while it's like okay we get it yeah mm-hmm. but other than that I, th- I think that the friend this franchise is a really strong one so not a whole lot to complain about honestly i agree but um, without further ado, are you ready to get into the history with the Conjuring franchise? Let's do it. All right, so The Conjuring Franchise is an American franchise created by James Wan. It contains seven films, including The Conjuring 3, set to be released this year. The Conjuring Franchise is the second highest grossing horror franchise behind the Alien franchise, with a total U.S. gross of $425.4 million and a worldwide gross of $1.65 billion, which, holy shit. That's a lot of money. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine how freaking rich James Wan is right now? I'm sure he's doing well for himself. Very well for himself. Um, So the first film, The Conjuring came out in 2013. It was shortly followed up with Annabelle that came out in 2014. Uh, The Conjuring 2 came out two years after the original Conjuring in 2000. Oh, three years. Sorry. Three years after the original Conjuring in 2016. Annabelle Creation followed shortly after in 2017. Uh, the Nun in 2018, The Curse of La Llorona in 2019, and Annabelle Comes Home that came out in the same year. Uh, the Conjuring 3 is supposed to come out this year. I put a question mark next to it just because, you know, with with COVID and the pandemic and stuff, you never know. So, um, and then another Nun film, I believe, was just announced. I don't know if it's like set in stone, but I know that they're they're in the works of making another Nun film, um, along with the spinoff title, The Crooked Man which is rumored to be released as well. Um, So the first film of this franchise titled The Conjuring was directed by James Wan and written by Chad and Carrie W. Hayes. It released in the U.S. and Canada on July 19th, 2013 and made approximately $319 million at the box office against its $20 million budget. 
the conjuring one and two and annabelle comes home are heavily based on paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren who were famous paranormal investigators after the success of the conjuring came a slew of spinoff films all based in the same universe annabelle was the next film in the franchise to be released on october 3rd 2014 it is based off a real life raggedy ann doll that is allegedly possessed it was made on a $6.5 million budget, but made nearly $258 million at the box office. The Conjuring 2 was released two, two years after the first Annabelle film on June 10th, 2016. This film once again centers around Ed and Lorraine Warren, who traveled to England to help the Hodgen family and is based off the real life case of the Enfield Poltergeist, which occurred in 1977. It was made on a $40 million budget and made nearly $320.5 million at the box office. Whew. Annabelle, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm reading these numbers and I'm like, God. This is insane, especially when we talk I'm, about horror movies, right? Because generally horror movies don't do that well. Yeah. And on, yeah. on the uh, whenever we're doing the one for the HMC, I always read off the budgets in the box offices. And it's usually like made on a $2 million budget and they made $15 million. And we're like, oh, yeah, it made money. Like, good. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's crazy like reading these numbers and just being like i'm never gonna see this amount of money in my life now you will over your lifespan but not all in one shot <laughs> over a weekend well hopefully maybe maybe we can we can win the lottery one day josh who knows i don't play <sighs> i don't play either i gambled once when i was 21 years old i went to vegas when i turned 21 mm -hmm. gambled once gambled $200 in one night was like, I don't fucking know how people do this every day. I don't know how people come to the casino, spend hundreds of dollars to get nothing in return and then go home and just come back the next day. I'm like, this isn't fun. It's the how thrill. People, how do people think this is fun? It's the thrill of fun. winning big. You only got to hit it once and then you're, you made your money back. He's got to keep That's playing. It's a numbers game. That's true. I just buy um, beer. I go and I do the penny slots and drink beer all night. That's what I do. Very nice. Sounds like, yeah, so I can, I can picture you doing there that. There you go. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Annabelle Creation, the prequel to Annabelle, was released on August 11th, 2017. This film once again centers around the Annabelle doll and delves further into the backstory and creation of the cursed doll. It was made on $15 million, a $15 million budget and made $306.5 million at the box office. The next film to come along in the franchise was The Nun, which was released on seven. September 7th, 2018. It follows the story of nuns being terrorized in Romania by a demonic nun, also known as Balak, who also appears in The Conjuring 2. The film was made on a $22 million budget and made $365.6 million at the box office, making this film the most financially successful film of the franchise, which kind of surprises me because it's one of the worst uh, like reviewed films of the franchise. Mm -hmm. like people hate this, hated this movie when it came out. Um, the Curse of La Llorona was released on April 19th, 2019. It is the sixth installment in the Conjuring universe and centers around the legend of La Llorona or the Weeping Woman. The story follows a mother in 1973 Los, Los Angeles who must save her children from the Weeping Woman. The film was made on a $9 million budget and made $123.1 at the box office, making it the least profitable film of the franchise. Um, and then the last film to be released in this universe was the seventh film titled Annabelle Comes Home, and it was released on June 26, 2019. The film returns to the Warren family storyline and focuses mostly on Judy, the young daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who comes into contact with the cursed Annabelle doll. This film was made on a 27 to $32 million budget. It wasn't completely clear when I saw that online, they, somewhere in between that. 
um, and made $231.3 million at the box office. And The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It is set to be released on June 4th of this year. And as I said before, another nun film and a Crooked Man spinoff are also rumored to be made soon. Um, in total, the franchise has seen six directors, including James Wan, who directed The Conjuring 1 and 2, Michael Chavez, who directed The Conjuring 3 and The Curse of La Llorona, John R. Leonetti, who directed Annabelle, David F. Sandberg, who directed Annabelle Creation. And a fun fact about David F. Sandberg, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy too much. Nope. But um, he directed the Lights Out film that ah. came out um, with uh, Teresa Palmer. But the, but the cool thing about that is he's actually the, I don't know if you've ever seen the short film that was inspired by the full length. Have you seen that? I have not. It's fucking scary. He directed that. So he started out as a YouTuber filming short films and then his films were so good that they actually hired him on to make these films. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. He's like the post and, Malone of uh, filmmaking. Yeah. And if you've <laughs> noticed in, um, in the lights out at the beginning, the opening scene, the girl that's working with the guy at the office when she goes home. Yeah. She's in the original lights out short film on YouTube. Oh, and cool. she's also in Annabelle creation as the, um, as the person at the orphanage at the end of Annabelle creation that greets the um, Higgins family. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has a little bit of a cameo in both of those films. Uh, uh, so Gary Duberman, who directed Annabelle comes home and Corin Hardy, who directed the nun. Uh, this franchise has also seen multiple writers, including Chad and Carrie W. Hayes, James Wan, David Leslie Johnson, McGoldrick, David Dober, Gary Doberman, Doberman, I was going to say David Doberman. <laughs> okay. Gary Doberman, uh, Akila Cooper, M- Mickey Daughtry, and Tobias Iconis. Iconis. I'm just going to say Iconis. Um, <laughs> this franchise has gotten, has received historically positive to negative reviews as a whole. The Conjuring, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus is 86% with the audience being at 83%. Annabelle, uh, the critics consensus is 29. The audience is 36. The Conjuring 2, the critics consensus is 80% and the audience is 81%. Annabelle Creation, the critics is 71% and their audience is 67%. The Nun, the critics is 24% and the audience is 34%. The Curse of La Llorona, the critics consensus is 28% with an audience score of 36%. And Annabelle Comes Home has a critic's score of 65% with an audience uh, score of 70%. So. <sighs> you did a great hey, job, I got dude. through it. You I did, got through it. You did a great I didn't job, even have man. To start over. That Look was a that. lot. To, that was a lot to, to rattle off, too. Mm-hmm. All these damn movies. Holy cow. Man, the critics do not like um, The Nun or The Curse of La Llorona, do they? Guess not. Mm. The audience didn't really like it much either. Yeah, they're spot on there. Crazy. Not very many people liked Annabelle either, which that I don't know. I think when it first came out, I I remember not liking it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the more I've gotten older and I've watched it more, I'm like, I can appreciate this film. The older I don't think it's as bad as people think. You're getting older and wiser, Michael. Exactly. Um so uh yeah, without further ado, Josh, unless you had anything else you wanted to throw in. Uh, with the backstory and the history of this uh, franchise. No, we can, I think uh, get into our rankings. I think you covered it all. Let's do it. Let's hop into number uh, seven. Number seven. All right. So at number seven, 
I have The Curse of La Llorona. Oh. And the reason for that being is that I just think out of all the films in this franchise, this one is kind of the least inspiring, in my opinion. Um, I remember seeing this in theaters, and I think I think Linda Cardellini does a really great job in this mm-hmm. film. But I have a hard time tying this film with the other with the other conjuring films. Cause there is that one scene where she's talking to the priest or whatever. And you see that, you know, shot of him carrying the Annabelle doll out. Other than that, it really doesn't have anything else to do with this franchise, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I feel like there's a lot of wasted potential here. I think it could have been better than it was. Um, I do think that there are some really effective scares in this film. It's a very nice looking film. I think there isn't a single film in this Conjuring franchise that I think is a bad looking film. They're all really nicely shot. They're all really nicely edited. Uh, For the most part, they're pretty well acted as well. Um, But I think for me, this is probably the least entertaining film of the franchise. Just like this is the last movie I'll think to pop in before I pop in the other ones. And so, um, as I specified before, there's not a single bad movie in this franchise. This one's just at the bottom for me because I personally feel like it's the weakest in the franchise. Just in my opinion, I think there's better films in this franchise that I go back to more often than this one. I think I've only seen this one. I've seen this one once in theaters and then I watched it once again to do this review. So really, if that, te- mm-hmm. if that tells you, hmm. <laughs> if that tells you anything about, you know, why I ranked it as low as I did. It's, it's for that reason, mostly because it's not a movie that I think to pop in before the other ones. So that really yeah, surprises like, me. I'm not going to lie. Really? I'm borderline shocked that you, you think that, that in your opinion, that's the seventh pick. Yeah. Interesting. Well, when I, we I, get was, to I was it hoping for, to shock you today. You did right out of the gate. When we get to it uh, for my pick, I will uh, expand upon why I am uh, shocked that, that it's uh, so high up there for you. Um, well, maybe you can change my mind. Maybe you can uh, make me reconsider and go back and watch it again. Well, I don't maybe know. You've, almost, you've almost done it a couple of times during this during this uh, uh, show, Josh. So I'm a master you know, debater, Michael. I'm a master debater. Um, mm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about it before we go to my number seven? Nope. We can uh, hit me with your number seven, Josh. Beautiful. I will preface this by saying, I should have said it earlier, we do not know each other's picks. So I don't know what Michael's where Michael's putting these movies in his rankings. He doesn't know where I'm ranking them. So there may be some shock and awe going on. <laughs> um, and maybe last time he got mad, not last, on one of the episodes he got mad and he threw stuff at the camera and took his shirt <laughs> off and it got weird. So. And then I said I was done. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm, he stammered know? off. All right. My number seven is Annabelle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So here's the thing. It is the first entry into the Annabelle series, which rightfully, I think the Annabelle franchise could be its own standalone franchise. Again, I don't know that I do like that. They call it the conjuring universe because I do think Mm -hmm. it's separate from, and I've already talked about it. So I'm not going to go on a long tangent about it. I do think that a lot of these storylines are interwoven and they come from the same source material, but they are different. Uh, in their own respective ways. So uh, starting with the positives, you know, I like to keep it positive right out of the gate. So I do like the storyline of uh, Mia and John being attacked uh, in their little quiet, safe suburban neighborhood. I do like that aspect of it. And I've always found the Manson family murders um, fascinating, not in the sense of like the crimes (laughs) that they did, uh, but just the mental health aspect of it that, Mm -hmm. that, what drives people to these types of cults to where you're just so enamored with 
a single person like they were with with Charles Manson or or and then there's been other cults that you, you know there's been a bunch of them and what makes these people this this like tribe mentality that they would just do these things so i've always found that fascinating cuz you know me i'm not that type of person i could give a shit less what anybody thinks right so i just this, yeah what drives people to do that so i've always found it fascinating i, I like how they from the um uh, time period that this movie takes place in and how they uh, really brought that into the storyline. I, I do like how that, uh, how, how the movie starts out. So mm-hmm. um, I do think the movie had a lot of potential, which it gets lost as the movie progresses for me. Um, and a part of it, and you know, I, I got this, I think it was in the Saw franchise where I didn't like one of the movies just because I couldn't stand one of the characters, which was the dad character in one of the movies. Yeah. I really don't like this character of John. Um, I think he makes extremely bad decisions. He makes some extremely dumb choices at times. Um, but you also have to look at the, of the mindset of a character in that time period. Cause I, I think what he did do a good job of was portraying a husband, uh, in that time period, because I don't feel like they're as uh, open-minded as we are now about yeah. stuff. And I could see, cause there's a certain things. And I think it was even, there was even certain points in the movie where he had seen or felt things happening. And it was almost like in the next scene, he completely forgot about it when she brings it up. Yeah. So it's like, ah, damn it, John. Um, so yeah, he kind of brought it down for me. And then, um, Toward the end of it, and especially once you actually see the demon, and they even do a, a complete insidious ripoff of where I think uh, one of the characters is holding Annabelle or something, and the demon is right beside it. You know that, that shocking scene in Insidious where uh, he's at the dinner table and the red lipstick ghost demon whatever is right behind him? They yeah, do that same yeah. shot in this movie. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, come on, man. Um so yeah, it's I just think they tried to recreate some of those things that happened in in, in Insidious, and it just didn't didn't stick because it had already been done before. So therefore, uh, Annabelle, it's it's the last one in the Conjuring universe for me. Now I will say it's not a bad movie at all. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention is I've actually seen Annabelle, and I didn't even remember. I, Abby and I started watching it, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, I maybe I have seen this because I remember the opening scene a little bit, but that opening scene was basically the trailer for the movie. If you remember when this movie came yeah. out. Um, so I was like, well, fuck, maybe it's just because I remember the trailer, but then it kept going on. And then at the end of it, um, spoiler alert, when the neighbor basically sacrifices herself to save um, Mia, I was like, I forgot I have seen this freaking movie before. So uh, yeah. yeah, that says a lot, but again, it's not a bad movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it and give it a shot. It does have some good jump scares. The storyline isn't bad whatsoever. It really does have a good storyline. Um, it's just, again, it's just number seven for me. That surprises me. <laughs> I think we're just like, I think we're going to surprise each other today with this, uh, with these picks. Um, is that all you wanted to say about Annabelle before we go into the number six pick? That was it, man. Jump into your number six. Number six. All right. So my number six is going to be the nun. Mm. And I'll get into my positives first because, um, this is a very beautiful looking film. There are some very beautiful shots in this film. The atmosphere of this film, I really, really enjoy because I feel like out of all the films, this is the most um, different approach that they took. It's more of, you know, the, it takes place at this uh, convent in Romania. 
mm-hmm. and Romania, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's a very gothic type of dark feel. I think this is definitely one of the more, um, as they say, would say it in the trailer, the darkest film in the Conjuring universe. Um, is that how they think, advertised it? Yeah, the, there was this guy with a deep voice that was like the darkest chapter in the Conjuring universe. Yeah, can't say <laughs> that. Um, but um, I, I I like the character of Tessa Farmiga. I think she's a fantastic fucking actress, just like her sister Vera. Um, I think she's a powerhouse in this film. I think that she does a really great job. Um, I think the character of Valak is fucking terrifying. Um, the way she looks, the, the, you know, that opening scene where the two nuns are, you know, getting hunted down by her. There's that one specific shot where the nun's getting ready to hang herself from the window. And she looks back and you see that fucking shot of the nun just floating down the hallway as the candles next to her flickering at that scene. That shot gives me chills because it's such an effective looking shot. I think it looks fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, What the negatives with this film is I feel like they, I don't know. It wasn't as interesting as these other films in this franchise. And I feel like the character of Valak is so iconic and I wish they kind of would have done more on that character. Um, It's also a really dark film in some parts. Like it kind of, like I found myself kind of getting annoyed with how dark this film is in certain parts. Like Like the lighting, the lighting is dark. So fucking dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I kind of like how they, um, I do also like how they uh, tied in that character at the beginning, the one that takes them out there to the, the con the covent mm-hmm. convent or whatever. Um, I like how he, they mix, they uh, get his backstory mixed in with the first conjuring. Um, Cause spoil alert uh, in that scene in the conjuring, when they're talking about how Lorraine didn't eat for, you know, eight days, she locked herself in a room because she uh, was trying to exercise this demon out of this guy that's in, you know, the footage in the conjuring, you find out that that's the guy that's in the nun. Right. Um, which I found really cool. I thought that was a really cool twist. When I watched it the first time, I assumed that um, for some reason, Tess, Tessa Farmiga was going to be the younger version of Vera. Like I thought that's where they were going to go with this. I thought that this yeah. is where, um for some reason i don't know why i thought that this was going to be like a um an origin story of her character so i was like i was waiting for there to be a twist of her being like growing up and becoming lorraine warren for some reason i don't know why but i'm glad that they didn't go that route i'm glad that they took the that route instead um but yeah like i said i think as good as this film is in certain parts, I think there are some parts that could be improved upon that could have been a lot better uh, story-wise. I think the character of Valak could have been way more developed, um, especially when this is a film about centered around her and mm-hmm. that like origin of that demon. I just feel like they could have done a better job at that. Um, so yeah, that's why that's my number six. I think I still think it's a pretty good film. For the most part, uh, there's things that could be improved, but yeah, that's my number six, the nun. Hmm, shocking. <laughs> I don't know that we're gonna line up at all on this. We'll see. My number six is Annabelle Comes Home. I actually like this movie a lot, um, more so than it seems like most other people did. Because <laughs> again, I don't think it's a bad movie whatsoever. Um, some of the positives is that, um, and I'll say it a lot during this episode is I am enamored by the Warrens. Anytime they're in a movie or on screen, I am like 
gravitationally pulled to them. I don't know why. Um, honestly, it's probably Vera Farmiga more than Patrick Wilson. And you and I have had this conversation before. I'm not a huge Patrick Wilson fan whatsoever. I'm not either. Um, but just the way she plays Lorraine Warren, I think, is so great. And that, the chemistry between the two is also really great. So um, I, I kind of feel like I got bait and switched, though, because they're in the beginning of this movie, and then like they're yeah. at the end of it. But throughout the middle, it's all about their daughter, which I don't dislike that either, but I did kind of feel like I got cheated a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what I really do enjoy about it is we get to see um, how the Warrens' career choice, which I don't know that it was really a choice for Lorraine, but how they've impacted the uh, their daughter, Judy, because honestly, when you think about it, it makes sense that um, that a girl whose parents do this would be labeled as weird and like nobody would want to be around, especially in that time period. Um, I just found that fascinating, and I really like that they they dive into how what they do impacts their daughter because you never really see it in the Conjuring movies because she's yeah. in it briefly, um, but then you know they go off and do their thing, and the it the storyline always follows them. So I really like that it showed what was happening at home while they were off on one of their um, their witch hunts or whatever. So um, I also like the fact that it takes place at the Warrens' house because they do have that room of all of those possessed or demonic. Um, items. So, it, you know, you see it in the movies, but you're always like, well, I wonder what that is, or I wonder what that does, or, or just the fact that these people live in this house with all of this shit. Is, it's like, yeah, I, I understand the priest comes and blesses it once a week or whatever, but at the same time, it's like, no, I, I don't want all this yeah. shit in my house, right? Um, some of the CGI in the movie was not great, and I, I also wish that they would have kind of honed in on one specific demon as opposed to having the kids basically run the gauntlet of the this, this spiritual things going on in this room because they did have several different ones. I think there's like a werewolf one. There's the wedding mm-hmm. dress. There's the guy with the coins over his eyes. There's obviously Annabelle. Um, yeah. So I think that because they went that route, it made it hard to really focus on one and get a good backstory on what that demon was, what why what makes it tick, what it does. So I think that if they had maybe honed in on just one or maybe two rather than throwing all of them at him, um, might have been a little more enjoyable or, or at least had a better storyline to it. Because I think that's what this franchise does. It's really good at storylines. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So that people can call it a jump jump scare fest all they want, but at the heart of these movies, it's their storylines, in my opinion, is what what really makes me enjoy them and, and keep coming back to them. So, um, I also think it did a good job of mixing some humor in with the jump scares because it is funny. It's some of the jokes and, and joking plot lines are a little corny, like the neighbor kid coming over playing guitar on the front lawn. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't know why, but then he like. Uh, gets chased and then he's like stuck in the goat or the rabbit pen or whatever. I always thought that was funny. So maybe those things weren't meant to be funny, but I found them funny. So I thought they did a good job of that. But um, again, that being said, it's not a bad movie by any means, but there's obviously stronger entries into this universe. Uh, So for me, Annabelle comes home is at number six. Number Very interesting. Well, that is a perfect segue because my number five is Annabelle Comes Home. Um, I think, I do think that this is a really good film. I I really, really enjoy the characters in this film. And I, I kind of like that you don't see Ed and Lorraine Warren throughout the whole film. Um, I think that gives it a little something different. Um, and as you said, I also really like that it takes place at their house because you, you see their house throughout this franchise, like in certain scenes, but you, you don't get like the full scope of what the house looks like, you know, and um, 
I also really love the character of Judy. I love the girl who plays her because she's also fantastic in Hill House. She plays my favorite. She plays the younger version of my favorite character in that uh, show, which is Theo. Um, And she does really good in this film. I think the other two actresses that are in this film do a really good job too. I like all of their um, chemistry with each other. I think that they work really well together. I actually like their characters a lot in this film. Um, So when shit starts going down, I am actually invested in their characters and I want them to you know, get out of this alive. I also like that the one character, um, the one that starts this all when she goes into the the room, I like how they set up this um, backstory with her father getting uh, killed in a car accident and she blames herself because she was the one that was driving. Um, and I like that that gives her character a reason to go in that room. And it's not like your typical, like, oh, this character's making stupid decisions because she wants to go into this cursed room. And there's a purpose for her going in there. Like, yeah, obviously her character, you know, she comes over and she's like, so that cursed room that your parents have, buddy, buddy, blah, can I see it? You know, she's obviously interested in seeing it. Like, I feel like most of us would be. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, her character has a reason for going in there is because she's trying to contact her father. She doesn't realize the implications of trying to contact her father and she doesn't realize just how powerful this demon that is centered around this Annabelle doll is. I also really like the, the fact that this demon is that powerful that it can, you know, conjure up all this other shit in this room. Like Mm -hmm. it can, it really fucking this, this shit in this movie really hits the fan. In my opinion, the thing that I don't like about, um, and I, I kind of agree with you. I think they should have just settled on one specific because I think the Mothman story, the coins on the eyes, that's scary. Like mm-hmm. that whole sequence when the blonde girl's going through the house with the flashlight, that seems pretty freaky. Um, I think the look of that um demon, whatever you ghost, whatever you want to call it, is pretty cool looking too. Um, I do think that this was kind of an excuse for them to possibly do more spin-offs in the future, like with the samurai um suit you know uh the wedding dress the the mothman all these things that you see in this film i feel like they were just like oh let's see what else we can put in here to you know do more (laughs) spin-off franchises to keep this franchise going that's the way i saw it um and that's kind of a negative for me because it's like i get it but it's you know i don't know i didn't care for that whole thing i didn't care for the whole fact that like this everything that's going on in this room is is you know just for in my opinion, just an excuse for them to make more spinoffs in the future. If they so, you know, decide to choose that. Um, I don't, I, I disagree with you on the humor aspect. I think there are a couple, I think there are a couple things in this film that are funny. Um, but the whole, the whole, uh, I forget his name, Bob or something. Is it Bob? Yeah. Bob's got balls. I fucking hate that joke. It was funny. Like maybe the first time they say it, they say it way too much in this film. And it's just at, at that point, it's like, oh, oh, I thought it was roll. hilarious. And then when uh, Ed gets home and he's like, Hey, Bob's got balls. <laughs> See, and that would have been funny if it would have been like, if it would have been something that they said at the beginning when they're introducing his character. And then you kind of get that at the end with Ed, when he says it, I thought that would have been a lot more effective, but you get it like six or seven times in this film. And I swear to God, every single fucking character in this scene, in this film says it. And it's like, okay, we get it. He's got balls. It's the joke. It's just, for me, it wasn't funny after like the first couple of times I was like, okay, I'm over it. Um, and then, you know, there are some cringy, there is some cringy humor in this film that I don't think works. Um, hmm. But aside from that, I, I really do enjoy this film. I think it's a really good one. Uh, it's a film that I watch quite often. Actually, I think it's I think it's a fun addition to the Annabelle universe in general. I think it's really cool that you get more of a backstory on 
the character of Judy as well. You touched on that a little bit when you were talking about your pick. Um, I like how I like that aspect too. I like how they kind of give Judy more of a character and a more of a backstory. And she's this girl trying to live a normal life, but her parents are these famous paranormal investigators. So of course she goes to school and people heckle her and people tease her for living in a haunted house. And I, I do like that you get more of a backstory with her. Like this story focuses mostly on her character. And I like mm-hmm. that. And it also helps that it's played by an actress that I think is really fantastic for the age that she's at. So um, yeah, so my number five is Annabelle Comes Home. Mm. I guess I just, I like the uh, brainless humor, Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody, but I mean, some people to each their own, some people, you know, I think, I think humor in horror movies is a very touchy thing. Like you have to, you have to make sure that you do it right or else it just doesn't work. Mm. Um, and with this film, I just think there were certain things that they, they're like, oh, this will be funny if we put Bob's Got Balls in here for the sixth time. Let's just do that. You know, they could have, I don't know. It's hey, just I laughed. It worked for me. <laughs> I just thought it was a little too redundant, and a little too repetitive for my liking. But all I mean, right. aside from that, it's not a bad film at all. I think it's, it's one of the better ones. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's my number five. Annabelle Comes Home. My number five is The Nun. Okay. And you had it all the way at the end, almost. Sheesh. I did. Okay, first and foremost, Tessa Formiga is brilliant in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love how much Vera and Tessa look like each other. Obviously, they're sisters, so it makes sense. Um, <laughs> when I told you, I told you for the longest time, I thought they were fucking mother and daughter because Tessa Tessa's way younger than Vera. Like Vera's probably like what, 15, 16, maybe even 20 years older than 20, Tessa. 20. He's like 28, 26. I forget. I told you what it was, whatever it was. I forget. But yeah. So, yeah. so I, for the longest time, I thought they were mother and daughter. I did not think that they were sisters. I was like, they're too far apart to be sisters, but yeah, I was wrong. They definitely <laughs> look very similar. So I was like the whole time I was like, okay, how are they going to work this into where she's a relative of, or somehow, uh, I didn't think she was going to end up being that character, but I was like, okay, there's some, cause they're going to tie it in somehow. So I was like, okay, uh, obviously that didn't happen. You've already discussed how it ties into the universe, but, um, the, the character, the nun character, Valak is freaking horrifying to me. Yeah, um, she's scary. But even more than that, the backstory, in my opinion, which you, uh, we are going to have to disagree here. I think the backstory of that demon is, is very interesting. Uh-huh. And, um, the only reason I really have it at number five is because I feel like the ones I've that are going to be ahead of it um, have similar elements of, of jump scares and tension uh, as this movie, but the backstories are just better for me um, as additions to the Conjuring universe. So the ones that I have that are going to be coming up, I just really where this one was set apart for me is the backstory of it. But I really do find that demon story um, – fascinating and the whole fact that the only reason that it's conjured back up is because of the bombs falling on it on the uh, they call it an abbey but it's basically a convent or whatever but the the bombs yeah. falling on it from the war summon this demon back up which i also found interesting um but i unlike you i do enjoy period pieces and this one is is no exception to that i just find something fascinating about horror without technology I think it's scarier. Um, yeah. And I can see why. And I think it also it allows for more, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but basically you don't have to be so over the top with your scares because if you put your yourself in the mindset of these people, things that likely wouldn't scare us today petrified them. And I think it just gives you more angles and more options you can take 
um, for something like set in this time period. Like just for the instance, they can't get to this abbey or this this where all these nuns are at because the horse won't go any further through the yeah. woods. Like you can't take a truck to get there. Like there's trucks in the movie, but you cannot take a truck to get there. Um, yeah, and I also find all the uh, I've. Honestly, all of the characters in this movie are really interesting, and they keep mm-hmm. you engaged throughout the entirety of the movie because you want to learn more about them, and you are really rooting for them, um, which I think in some of the other movies isn't really the case. But yeah. I also really appreciate how they tie – you've already talked about this – but how they tie Frenchie into uh, the Lorraine Warren story and the Conjuring universe, and they kind of explain why uh, Valak, that demon, has basically attached itself to the Warrens uh, most yeah. specifically Lorraine. Um, but, and I don't know why, but these convents like this, they, they really intrigue me. And again, I don't really know why, but I, I guess probably from, again, the mental standpoint of, I couldn't imagine living like that. So it makes mm-hmm. me curious as to what would make somebody want to live like that. And then just the fact that these people are out in the middle of nowhere, uh, just cut off from civilization with the exception is one guy that brings them food. I think what he's a go once a month or once a week or something. I forget. Yeah. He like delivers supplies to them. Yeah. But it's like, uh, yeah, but, um, and yeah. he even mentions that he's never even seen them. Yeah. He's never seen the first one time I've even seen a nun. And of exactly. course she was deceased. So exactly. And again, it's shot very well. Yes, it is dark in certain instances. Um, but f- I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie, honestly. And I just think the look of Valak is really creepy and just that whole backstory of her. And then again, I like how they tie it in with uh, the Lorraine Warren story. So number five for me is the nun. Nine, nine, nine. I was going to say nice. Um, I also wanted to uh, point out that the, I think the humor in this film is a lot better. I, I think I like subtle humor more than when the kind of humor that's not just like completely in your face the whole time. So there's that scene when they're, when they're getting ready to leave, to go to the the castle or the convent or whatever and they put their bags on the back of this truck mm-hmm. <laughs> and the truck starts driving off and then you realize that Frenchie's the one that's taking him out there on the horse and their their fucking suitcases start driving off i thought that was really funny i think that scene's really funny and then tessa farmiga starts laughing i mm-hmm. love it yeah that was um, funny it's that kind of humor that i think is better um I feel like it doesn't need to be completely like in your face all the time. So that's why I appreciate about this film. That film um, is that I felt like the humor was a lot more subtle, but I like stupid American pie humor, Michael. So we're going to have to disagree <laughs> on that as well, but nonetheless. All righty. Well, uh, is that all you wanted to say about your number five? I'm good, man. Jump into your number four. Number four. All right, so this might shock a few people, and this might be a little controversial, but I, on on most uh, recent watch, plus I've been watching this movie a lot more lately in preparation for this episode. Um, I'm gonna put Annabelle as my number four. Hmm. Um, and because and it's because I think, do I think it's the strongest Annabelle film? Obviously not, because if you guys have been following along, you know that you know the Annabelle creation is a lot higher on this list, but. I think there are some really, really effective, tense moments in this film, like the the opening scene where the family next door gets murdered by this by their daughter and uh, her boyfriend, like this cult. And then you get the whole scene where Mia is going through the house, and you know they're in the house with her, and then they attack her, and it's actually a lot more violent than you would think it would be too, because he like grabs her from behind, stabs her right in the stomach where she's pregnant. It's actually a really like disturbing and 
tension filled scene that I really love. And there's a lot of scenes like that in this film. Um, for example, when she's at home alone and she's sewing and you fucking get the shots back and forth between the sewing machine and her finger. And then she like ends up jabbing her finger. But then on top of that, you've got those popcorn that her husband left on the stove from the night before. And the, the, the oven turns on by itself and it's just like starts this big fire in her kitchen. I think that whole scene is really fucking awesome. The basement scene is terrifying when she's down in the basement of that new apartment complex that she's living at. And you get that whole scene with her interaction with the, the Ram, I guess is what they call him. Um, that whole scene is really scary. So there are a lot of really, really good scenes in this film that I don't feel like get enough credit for what they did. Um, I also think that I think it's cool. There's that one scene specifically when the priest is taking Annabelle back to the church with him and you see her fucking eyes just like change. That's like the only time in this franchise that you actually see like a change in Annabelle and it actually looks really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool effect. Um, as far as the negatives go, um, I think that I agree with you. I'm not a fan of the father character. I'm not a fan of John. I think he's kind of annoying in this film i'm also and don't get me wrong by saying this because i like the character of the next door neighbor the woman that works at the bookstore i think her character i like her as a character but i also think they could have expanded on her character more i have an issue with the fact that i feel like she's only in this movie to serve a purpose at the end to sacrifice herself for mia otherwise she doesn't need to be in this movie right that's just my opinion i feel like they could have done a lot better to utilize her character more so that it wasn't just a payoff for the end of the film i have a problem with that i feel like she was just there to service the end of this film so that mia could have somebody to take her place right in my, in my opinion um so her character doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, I think some of the acting in this film is a bit questionable as well. Uh, coming from the main actress who plays Mia, there's that whole scene at the beginning when she goes to the house to call 911 and her acting is atrocious in that scene. I think it's <laughs> fucking awful when she's like, please get somebody, get somebody over here. I don't, it's just not good. Like the acting in some of this movie is not good. Um, uh, but I think overall, I think this film is a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, there are really, really effective scenes scenes in this film. Um, I like that this is the origin story. Well, not the origin story, but it was a, I feel in my opinion, it was a very strong way to start the Annabelle f franchise off. Um, so yeah, that's my number four is Annabelle. So Interesting. I think some of the reason I, and I, this was my number seven movie. And I think this movie drags. I agree with you. The beginning of the movie is fantastic. It starts off, and you know me, I like a, a, a punch in the face right out of the gate. But I think it has yeah. this great, and maybe it set itself up to fail, because it has this really great uh, start. Mm -hmm. You get that cult vibe. You get the home invasion. You get the blood dropping on the Annabelle. You get the mom getting stabbed in the stomach while she's pregnant. Um, and then I feel like for the next 40 minutes, it's just like, you're waiting for something. Yeah, you get the popcorn thing, you get yeah. the sewing machine stuff, but like nothing really happens um, until much later in the movie. So I, yeah, I just add that in there. I think that maybe they shot themselves in the foot with that intro because then it just kind of drags until you get to later in the movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my number four is Annabelle Creation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, all right I'm, it, I'm very curious to see why this is um still much lower on your list great movie Laura, it's uh it's my favorite of the annabelle entries of the three it's my favorite annabelle movie um 
the opening scene, it's very similar to Pet Cemetery. I don't know if you've ever seen the original Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's very similar to that where you get that car accident. It's shocking, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Um, but here's where it killed me. I think you and I were texting about this when I was watching it, is that like after B's death, that's the little girl, her name's B. After her death, it's just like the movie drugs so much. I mean, especially once the the orphan girls get to this house, it's like so they get there, um, and it just seems to drag. And it's just like there's like dark scenes, and there's yeah, you get the scene of the girl where she goes in B's room, and B's in there, and you get a few jump scares here and there. But for the most part, and even plot line wise, it really kind of drags. And I really didn't care for the plot line of the mom being sick in the the bedroom and the dad has these orphan girls go to this house and honestly it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that this guy could even get all these girls to come live with him I don't know why I was just like something about this doesn't seem right but I understand that they're like on their their last ditch effort to stay together because if they can't make this house work then they're basically they're going to be split up and sent different places Um, but nonetheless, if the, the dad knew about this curse and this, all these issues that were going on with this house, why would he bring all these kids to this house? I don't know. Again, it just bothered me that that was the way they decided to go. And the whole time I'm waiting, I'm like, this dad's bad. Like there's something wrong with this dude. He's like either a pedophile or there's just something weird about this dad. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do they ever say, how the demon gets in the Annabelle doll is, is uh, B yeah. holding it when she gets hit? No. So what happens was, is um, when she's talking to um, uh, the sister, the nun that lives there with the other girls, mm-hmm. she's explaining to her about when B died, they um, devoted their, or that's they, right. Their devotion to anything that would bring their, you know, beloved B back. So they ended up, accidentally conjuring a demon and that's then when right. they gave it permission to invade the doll that's when shit started happening because they would see b around the house and then mm-hmm. it just kept getting worse yeah you're right okay so that makes sense um what i enjoyed most about the movie was the use of light for the scares and some of the cgi jump scares that it had because like i was, I was kind of complaining about it earlier but it just felt like they just used um, shading and these different types of scares. Uh, like when the girls were in the bedroom under the blanket, I thought that was I love that. brilliantly done, right? It's really good. But then there's other scenes where it's just like a girl looking out of the bedroom door into darkness and nothing ever happens. So it's, I don't know. Just for me, <laughs> I, I didn't care for that. But I do think they used that, some of that, that light really well. I also really like the scene in the um, shed when she ends up in the wood, sh- mm. in the uh, mm-hmm. the doll shed, and how it's like breaking the light bulbs, and so uh, there were good jump scares. The storyline, just for me, I think the movies ahead of it have a better storyline. Um, but it is my favorite Annabelle movie out of the three. I think it's the best done. I think it has the best. But Lulu Wilson's amazing. I like her a oh lot, God, and too. I think she does a great job in this. Um, as well as I don't know the the name of the actress, but uh, is it uh, T- Talitha Bateman? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, she plays um, Janice. Yeah, she's the one that's that's in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. which I I did like that storyline as well because it does add a, another dynamic um, to the story. It is ironic that she shows up and she's not gonna be able to go upstairs, and they just all of a sudden have a chair to get up and down the steps. I thought that was well, it's because of his wife. He installed it for his wife years ago. Cause yeah, she but was... they didn't know that going there. I was like, eh, okay, all well, right. I guess, but yeah and again okay so it goes right back to it if this if this demon was able to do this to his wife and their their solution to this problem 
is they're going to lock her in a closet with Bible <laughs> verses all over the walls in the door. Yeah. Let's invite all these curious young girls to the house. Oh, there's no way they're going to break in there and let the doll. I don't know. It's like, eh, come on, man. Use some common yeah. sense here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, Annabelle Creation is uh, number four for those reasons. Very interesting. I can tell you weren't happy with that. <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm used to you throwing me a few curveballs at this point. So Can I say you know. I'm my own man. I know my truth. What's your number three, Michael? Number three. All right. My number three is probably going to shock people, um, but I'll get into my reasoning. Um, the number three for me is The Conjuring. What? And I feel like... I know, I know. I feel like most people will put that as their number one, but I'll tell you why it's not my number one. I think for the fact that it started this fran- this entire franchise off, I give it credit for that. I think it's a very good franchise, um, or I think it's a very good movie. But in my review that I did with a fag on film on The Conjuring, we get into a lot of things that I don't like about that film. I don't think it's aged well in certain parts for when it came out Um, specifically in some parts, the look of the witch Beth Sheba. I think she looks a little cheesy. I think Mm. she looks kind of stupid. I don't think she, I mean, she's kind of scary, but she's not as scary to me after you watch the other films. Um, I think the acting in some of this movie is atrocious. Um, And just in certain parts, Um, I like I do really, really like the storyline of Ed and Lorraine Warren in this film, though. I really love that. I love their chemistry together. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga needs to do fucking more movies together because they're fabulous. They're amazing. Um, their storyline is great. Um, I also like am not as invested in the family in this movie as I am in the second one. I think the family dynamic Man, you're killing it's me, dude. not as strong to me. And I, I feel like <laughs> you run into that issue when you have too many people in one film. Like it's hard to like create uh characters for every single person. Yeah. Um, so I mean I'll I'll give I'll give them that that they didn't really have the time to elaborate on every single character, but there's certain film there's certain scenes in this film that I don't like. And the one scene that I really don't like is the scene where she's talking about her day at the beach with her family. I think it's really cheesy. The music that plays during that scene is really cheesy. Um, the, the lady who plays the mother, I can't think of her name in real life at the moment. Um, um, her name is Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor. Yes. Uh, towards the end when she's like underneath the, the crawl space and she's trying to kill April, mm-hmm. um, her acting in that scene is not good. Um, oh my gosh, dude. I, I want to th- punch you through the screen right now. Sorry. I think the little girl that plays <laughs> April is annoying as fuck too. And I talk about that high, like a lot in the conjuring episode. Huh. Um, I, I, I don't know. This film for me is not the strongest in the franchise just because, and I also kind of feel like, and for the sake of, not trying to sound super um hypocritical here i think mm-hmm. the whole family haunting house haunted house thing is a little bit been there done that like some of the things that they do in this film are a little cliched like oh the dog won't come inside this that you know it's like certain things and i'm just like eh, whatever um but i also really really love how they implemented some of the scares in this film i think they they the, the scares in this movie are f- so fucking effective like some of them are so scary um but I don't know. I just think the conjuring two obviously is higher on my list and I'll get into why I like that one better. And I think they, I think they really did a better job on the conjuring two, but 
I don't want, I don't want to get a lot of hate here for saying this. I really don't, but I, I think that there's a lot that can be approved improved upon with the conjuring. I think it's a great film. Don't get me wrong, but there's just things that don't do it for me in this film. And that's, yeah, that's why it's my number three. It's, it's in my top three. So at least you, at least you don't have to jump through the screen and punch me for that. That's true. I wouldn't really punch you. I'm not a punching kind of person, but that is very, I'm, this may be the most shocked I've been at out of any of your picks, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Were, were you expecting it to be my number one or what? Uh, at least top two. I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. <sighs> interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's my number three, The Conjuring. So. My number three is The Curse of La Llorona. I can't believe you have this movie last on your list. I really can't. And here's why. If the ring and the grudge had a baby, it would literally be this movie. <laughs> you were so excited to say that, weren't you? This, no. I mean, it's true. The storylines are so similar that if they mix the two together, it would be this movie. Mm-hmm. Dude, the movie looks great. It's reminiscent yeah. of a Japanese horror movie, honestly, when you look at it. But with a twist, obviously. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the white wedding dress with the dark face and just like the 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 black tears that she's crying the whole time. Um, yeah. The history of the curse. It's simple, but it's effective and it's somewhat believable. Like mm-hmm. it's very similar to the Grudge. Yeah. I mean, not really, but no, very similar. Are you talking to about the, the Grudge twenty twenty though? No, I'm talking about the grudge where it's just flipped. The husband is having the affair. The wife finds out about it and drowns the kid. That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened in the grudge, but it was the dad. I guess, yeah. You do have a point. Uh, Linda, and I'm going to screw her Linda Cardellini, right? Cardellini? Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. She is fucking brilliant in this movie. I uh, love her in this movie. Yeah. I'm biased, though, because I enjoy her as it, like, just in anything she's in. I, I think she's an excellent actress. And for whatever reason, she just makes you like her. Mm-hmm. And this might sound terrible, but it's almost like she makes you feel sorry for her in whatever role she's in. So that's, I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I'm always rooting for her. Um, this movie does have a lot of jump scares, which I think is most likely the reason a lot of people shit on it because it falls into that, oh, The Conjuring is just a jump scare fest. And this movie yeah. has a lot of them. Um, but in all honesty, the storyline is just so good and Let's be honest, dude. You watch a Conjuring movie because you want the jump scares. I I, I thoroughly believe that. That's yeah. what these movies do. And then people complain about it. So it's like, what? What do you want it or not? But it's anyway. like a double-edged sword kind of a thing. Like it people is. like it, but then people want to bitch about it too. It's like that. I feel like that's how with everything, though. It's just like they want they want a specific thing, and then they get it, but then they still bitch anyway. It's just yeah. yeah. Um. One unique thing this movie does that I feel like none of the other ones do because all these movies are so centralized around the church and to be saved, you have to go to the church and there's all these processes you have to follow in order to get them to send the Warrens out to help you or for the priest to help you. And what I, I like that this aspect this movie brings into it and it's unique to these movies, it really is, is that the family seeks assistance outside of the church, which in all Honesty, I wouldn't mind seeing more. Um, wouldn't mind seeing them explore more of Raphael's backstory, 
because mm-hmm. uh, it's it is the priest that sends them. It's the same priest from uh, Annabelle. He sends them to this Raphael guy who used to be a member of the church, but was basically cast out. But he never yeah. really says why, just that his methods are unorthodox is basically what he tells them. But I wouldn't mind seeing a backstory on him and what led him, because obviously he's got a dark past, I'd have to imagine. Um, and I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that, what what made him take this route or why he left the church to pursue his own um, uh, forms of fighting these demons and whatnot. But again, I, I don't know. Um I just really think that, that what this universe is great at doing is story building. I've said, probably said that a hundred times. It's really the storylines that drive this for me. And I think this has a great storyline. I, the demon I think is, is not unbelievable. It's not like in the nun where this demon was cast up from hell through the floor and they had to use Christ's <laughs> blood to get it back in the floor like this. I mean, yeah. this is something that could legitimately happen. So, um, I don't know. Number, number three for me is, uh, the curse of, of, Lorona for that reason. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that's in your uh, in your top three because we were yeah, like you said, we were exactly the opposite with that. Mine was at the very end. Um, I really enjoyed this. Honestly, this movie. I'm probably gonna watch it. It'll be one. It honestly, out of the majority of them, with the exception of the Conjuring, I, this will probably be one that I'd watch more than the other ones. Hmm. Interesting. Has very rewatch nice. ability value, Michael? <laughs> Okay, Josh. <laughs> all right, all right. Hit us with your number. We're in the top two. Hit us with your number two. Number two. All right, so my number two. You ready for it? Born. The Conjuring 2. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And if people are following along, then they obviously know what my number one is going to be. So and that, might sh- that might shock some people, but... Um, the conjuring too. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Why I think, why I think in whole that this film is much better superior to the original. Um, because first of all, the family dynamic is much, much better in this film. I love the family dynamic in this film. I love, I love the fact that they take you overseas to, you know, Enfield in England and you get this whole storyline with this family in England. Um, it's much more believable to me too, because I'm sorry, like I know in the first Conjuring that, you know, he talks about, we put a lot of money into this place, blah, 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 blah. Roger's the only one that works in the Conjuring. I refuse to believe, well, okay, maybe they got a good deal on this house because of, you know, the history behind it, but it's a little more realistic to me in this movie because they're struggling. Like they're living in this apartment together. It's a real, it's a, I mean, it's a good sized apartment for the most part, but for a family of how many of them, like five, five of them, I think. Is there that many? There's two, there's two girls, the two daughters, and then the two sons, and then the mom. So yeah, five. There's five of them that live there in this one little, like, cramped little house. It's not even a full house because they're right next door to somebody else's. Um, I just found the fi- the family dynamic much more tangible to me. Like, I was able to latch myself onto these characters a lot better. I think the the main character of janet is fucking fantastic in this film i think the character of the the introduction of the nun in this film is fantastic like there's some real that nun painting scene mm-hmm. terrifying that's like my probably my favorite scene in that entire movie is that whole scene where uh you see her standing at the end of the hallway and then she goes in that room that whole scene is amazing ed and lorraine warren in this film 
their chemistry is off the fucking charts in this film. It's so much better than it is in the first one. Like, that's just what I'm saying. Like the second one really built upon what the first one did and did it better the second time around. And I think that just the way this film was shot, the way it's, you know, the storyline of it, I think it's just so much more strong. And I like how you kind of get that, you know, that little twist at the end where you find out that Valak has been blocking Lorraine this entire time that's why she's not seeing anything and you get that cool little thing when they're on the train and they cross the the two uh film the audio reels like cross each other and you get that whole thing where you put the where he plays both of them at the same time and you realize that the garbled messages that um Bill Wilkins was trying to say are you know put together when you put these two things play them at the same I thought that was really cool um the the only thing I think that kind of bothers me about this is that they, they, they do the whole Amityville storyline at the beginning. And am I, am I supposed to believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong in this. Am I supposed to believe that Valak was the one that was responsible for Ronnie DeFeo murdering his family? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Um, I honestly don't remember. Or is it just like you were saying, um, this nun has already attached herself to Lorraine and that's why she sees Lorraine in that house. But to me, it seems like they were kind of making it seem like she was responsible for Ronnie DeFeo murdering his entire family, which I'm like, that's a little bit of a stretch because yeah, I don't think that I think that Valak is attached to Lorraine and Lorraine is, um, there. And it's, it's only she, the nun is only showing up because Lorraine is there. I, that's what I derive from that. Okay. Well, and I also like how, you know, in the first film, they kind of talk about how, you know, I'm going to go back to that one storyline for a second where Lorraine, you know, saw something that scared her so bad that she locked herself in her room for she locked herself in her room for a week and Mm -hmm. didn't come out, like didn't speak to anybody. I like how you find out what she saw in this film. I like I like I love that you find out that, you know, she had a vision of Ed dying and that this nun is going to eventually kill him if they continue what they're doing so i like that whole dynamic between the two of them where they're where they're trying to find this balance with each other of like should we do this should we go help this family because if we do we know the risks that are involved you know and i think that gives like the character of ed a lot higher stakes because i know that obviously i feel like when you go into this film as an audience member you know that ed's probably not going to die because obviously these are based on two real life people so it's like he's obviously not going to die, but at the same time, you're still like, Oh God, what if he does? What if they decide to like, just decide to not follow that and actually kill him in this film? I don't know. I thought the, the stakes were really nice. I thought the characters were great. Um, that scene specifically when they're all gathered around and, um, Ed's playing the guitar and they're all singing with each other. I just think it's so nice. Like it's just, you don't get as good of a dynamic with the family as you do in the in this one like in the first one you don't get as much of that um and like i said that might be their own detriment because they casted so many people to play those girls they had like seven characters so it's like mm, you know what i mean no i don't but that's fine it's your it's your choice it's your decision you really don't understand why i have the conjuring 2 above the conjuring i don't i will never understand that that at all to be honest with <clears> you um but that's okay that's your that's your pick <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that I think this film is much more entertaining, in my opinion. But, you know, that might get a lot of 
hate from people. I mm-hmm. might have people coming at my door with pitchforks and torches and I don't think that many people listen, so I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> but, you know, maybe once it takes off in the future and we're multimillionaires from podcasting, then maybe you might want to think about maybe moving, but maybe. Well, and I also love how nostalgic this film is too because it takes place in the the what is it the 60s or the early 70s so you get that like you get that montage at the beginning when you're getting introduced to the family in england and uh i I just love the the vibe of this film i love the the 60s vibe and there's some really just so many effective fucking scares in this film like for example the scene where the daughter is getting woken up by janet because she's talking in her sleep and then she like puts janet back to sleep and she starts doing it again and then she's like what are you doing? There's no one here. And then all of a sudden you hear the guy behind her. He's like, this is my house. It's creepy. Like there's some creepy effective moments in this film that I think work really well. So yeah. Number two, conjuring two. Number two, conjuring two. My number two is also the conjuring two. Is that not crazy? No, I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) I do think it's a powerhouse of movie, mostly led by the child actress, uh, Madison Wolf. I think she, I think they do a great job. I just, for me, and I'll get into it with my number one. So everybody knows what it is now. Um, I don't know. It's just not, it does not as meaningful for me as, as the family in the first one. I connect way more with family in the first one than this family in the second one. Um, Mm -hmm. what I do like about it is that the Warrens again are the focal point of the movie. Um, but I don't know. I, I really feel like they failed to be a critical part of the storyline until the last Porsche, last act, last, I don't know, 20 minutes or so of the movie. Yeah, they're in it through the whole movie, but really they're not effective and they're not doing anything until the very end. Um, again, I think Vera Farmiga is fantastic as Lorraine Warren, one of my favorite characters in horror movies. And I also appreciate that the movie, I appreciate it now more after watching The Nun and gaining that backstory of Valak and how she became attached to Lorraine, I do I do appreciate this movie more now because I'll be honest, I was never a big fan of The Conjuring Two. Um, yeah, I'd probably seen it once when it first came out and never watched it again. This is the, probably the second time I've ever watched it since it's come out, um, and I've watched the first one about five thousand times. But um, I don't know, dude. I for some reason I just feel like this movie has so many more plot holes than the first one. I feel like the first one is just such a basic storyline haunted ground for the reasons that the, the house is haunted they've this Bathsheba has just tormented everybody that's ever tried to live in this house um mm-hmm. where versus this one is yeah I get it the guy lived in the house and he died in that chair etc um but I don't know I just feel like this this storyline isn't as good but it is a good storyline don't get me wrong I'm just comparing it to the first one right and again, yeah. this is my number two. So that being said, obviously I like this movie um, more so than the other ones in the franchise. But the Valet character, again, great addition. I do like you said, like the storyline of that Lorraine saw Ed's death and in this premonition, and then that this Valet character was going to be the one to do it. She just didn't know how it was going to happen, um, and then yeah. you kind of see all that unfold later in the movie. Um, one thing that disappointed me, though, in the movie, I think, is the fact that they actually have the Warrens basically give up on this hot. It is the Hodgins, Hodgins, the Hodgins family. The yeah. Hodgins, but they basically give up on them. They leave because they see yeah. uh, Janet. Basically, she fakes this one. Um, she basically fakes this one episode or whatever, and they get it caught on tape. Like, oh, the church isn't going to allow us to help you. They're going to make us leave, so they leave. Even though Lorraine has seen 
stuff going on there and they've seen all this stuff happening. They did, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like, well, that doesn't, this just seemed very out of character to me for them to do that. But, um, yeah, there are some, some strong, uh, scares in this movie. There's a bunch of jumps and that little girl is terrifying, especially when she's talking in her like deep voice. Yeah. Um, one thing that bugged me and has nothing to do, this isn't good or bad, or it's just like when he goes under the house to get back into, he like tears himself through the floor. This is, um, Oh yeah. They break through into the basement. Like there's water, like this is water running down there from outside. Like that cannot be safe. Yeah. There's a lot of mold going on in this place. Okay. Oh, for sure. It worries (laughs) me. It really worries me. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think that the reason I enjoy this movie less than the original is that I feel like I just had a stronger connection with the family in the first one. Um, so, yeah, that's really what makes this number two for me are, are those reasons. But, again, this isn't a bad movie whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. I just d- didn't think it was as good as the first one. Very interesting. So, well, we know what your number one is then. <laughs> yes, yes. But why don't you tell us what your number one is? Number one. All right. So my number one, no surprise to anybody that's been following along is um, Annabelle creation. I think this film is the best film in the franchise because I don't know. It's just so like you don't like, okay. So I'm going to tell you, I like everything that you don't like in this film. Just going to throw that out there. Hmm. I like the storyline of these, of these uh, orphaned girls going to live at this place. Um, because they're on, you know, like you said, their last rope, they are going to get separated if they don't have a place to stay. Um, I like that these people take them in and I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second, because I think the reason why, you know, I get that it bothers you that they bring these girls here knowing like what happened in the past, but I think, you know, she even says it in the film. She's like, it's been quiet for 12 years. You know, they probably, you know, just had this false sense of security. They fell into this false sense of security thinking like, okay, you know, the demons contained, you know, the, the room is locked, blah, 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 stuff like that. Um, so they probably like, didn't even give it much thought. Uh, so the woman for me, laying that, in bed, paralyzed because of this demon, didn't give it much thought. I don't know. I guess <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but you know, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I like the whole, I like the whole storyline with the, the, um, the two the husband and wife character as well i like that i like the opening scene where you know they're fixing the car on the side of the road i think that's really effective when annabelle steps out in front of the car that's so like oh shit um yeah i did not see that coming truthfully no and speaking of things that i did not see coming is that twist at the end i love the twist at the end of this film i think it's really fucking cool it's really effective um because it a spoiler alert for people who haven't seen these films i'm gonna get into it so here's your warning um basically the opening scene of annabelle is the ending scene of annabelle creation where you see you know you actually get so in the first annabelle you get that shot of the window from um mia and john's house and you see what's happening in the window but in this one you actually go into the room that the of the murdered couple and you see what happened and you find out that annabelle is the girl uh from the beginning the one that ends up getting overpowered and taken over by this demon and she ends up being the one that you know was in annabelle created i love that whole thing i love that twist i think it's a very effective twist um as far as acting goes because i know that i said um 
I know that I said that you can't really get a whole lot of character development with so many characters in this film. Um, and this film does kind of have quite a few characters, but the thing I like about this film is that these characters are likable. These characters, you know, you don't get much of a backstory on all of them. Like the two younger girls besides Lulu Wilson and the other one, mm-hmm. you don't really see much of them in this film. Like you, you see them in a lot of scenes, but they really focus on like the two older girls and Janet and um, Lulu Wilson's character. So, but the little, the little stuff that you do know about them, I think is interesting. I, I like all the characters in this film. I think they're really interesting. I think they're all different. Um, there's some really fucking effective scares in this in this film as well. The whole scarecrow scene in the barn is freaky as fuck. And I love that because you get, you know, when he starts to rip the the burlap sack off his face, you kind of get a glimpse of what he looks like underneath. Like you see his teeth and then, mm-hmm. you know, it's like less is more, but it's like so effective. Um and personally, I think the demon in this film is the scariest out of all of them, because in my opinion, he seems like the most powerful one, considering he can take over an entire room of cursed objects in Annabelle creation and like fucking wreak havoc everywhere. Um, I don't feel like the nun can do that. I don't feel like Valet can do that. I don't think Beth Sheba could do that. So like this demon, in my opinion, is the scariest one in the franchise. Um, the acting in this film is fantastic from everybody. Like there's not a single person in this film that I don't think is a good actor. Um which in my opinion in the other films like the acting is hit or miss for me from some people but in this movie i feel like the acting is solid i think the storyline is solid i think for the fact that this was made by a director that was pretty relatively new to the directing scene i mean as far as directing full-length features he went from being a youtube creator to creating these horror short films on youtube to making this like huge fucking Annabelle film that made a shit ton of money and he directed the lights out movie. I think it's very impressive to me. Um, it's actually really inspiring to me actually. And, uh, yeah, I like, I just like the origin story of this, like that this doll wasn't always just a cursed doll. Like this, this isn't like a, you know, the doll was made and then all of a sudden it was cursed for no reason. Like they give you a reason why this doll became what it became now. And I, I don't know. I really, I really, really fucking love this movie. Obviously, it's my number one. I just think everything about it is just perfection. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to say negative about this film, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that bugs me a little bit is the Janice character. She's a little, she's kind of dumb in some parts. It's like, girl, really? He just told you not to go in that room. And then she experiences that one part where she goes into the room for the first time and she experiences like the sheet walking towards her. Yeah. If that happened to me, I would not be going back in that room, period. Like you would not catch me in that room again, but she keeps going in. And I, I wonder if it's almost because Annabelle kind of has like a, a hold on her in a sense. Like she kind of, cause there's that scene with her and Lulu Wilson where they're both in the room and Lulu's like, I want to leave. And she's like, I'll stay for a minute. Like she doesn't even seem like phased by it. And then when shit starts happening, she doesn't even really seem that scared either. You know? Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like the demons kind of got a hold on her in that scene, not possessed her per se, but like has kind of made her not be afraid. If that makes sense. It could be. I know that in one point she says that it's uh, trying to, it needs a body or it needs a soul and it's going to take mine. Cause I'm the weakest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's like, um, the devil preys on people that are weak in faith, not weak in flesh and bone. Um, but you kind of start to see Janice kind of lose faith throughout this film as well, which I think is why the demon is able to take her over at the end because she gets to the house. And I like this whole storyline with her as well, where she, you know, was one of the unfortunate ones with the polio outbreak. And she's kind of got like this 
limp like this limp leg where she has to walk on a cane and stuff like that it just gives her character a lot more to go for to go from mm-hmm. um i also love the fucking setting of this house i love the way this house looks um it's just a it's just a beautiful looking film i love the twist i love the characters i love the demon everything so that's why annabelle creation is my number one sorry for that soapbox but no, I, had a lot, I had a lot that i wanted to get out with this film because I love the shit out of this film. I also saw this film in theaters and this was probably my, one of my favorite theater going experiences is to see this one in theaters. Cause I was like, Oh shit, this is kind of scary. Like there's so many good things in this film, but yeah, that's my number one Annabelle creation. And did I surprise you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just was not expecting that. <laughs> However, everybody knows now that's been listening. My number one is the conjuring. It's the movie that started it all. Michael, even though you have it at number three. Is um, that why you put it as your number one, though? Because if that's the case, then that's a weak reason to put it as your number one. Yeah, like, no, not at all. Okay. So it's got okay. a great storyline. In acting, you're crazy. Lily Taylor is amazing in this movie. When she's being possessed, during that whole possession scene, during that whole exorcism, dude, she is so good. And when she scales the wall at the end, she's under the floor. I know you said you thought it was corny, but, dude, it was so good. Like, her acting is phenomenal. No, she's great in that basement scene when she's like the exorcism scene. It's just the scene when she um, is coming out of it and she's looking at the daughter, like, and she's like, (laughs) she just tried to kill her kid. What do you mean? Why wouldn't she be? You're insane, dude. (sighs) It's the way she does it is what bothers me. You can't relate. I think it's because you don't have kids. Wait till you have kids and you'll understand one day. And then she almost kills her child. It's insane. That's exactly how I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, Uh I'm saying that her acting could have been better in that scene. Like for someone who killed their child, she doesn't seem as like she didn't kill him. She tried to kill him. Whatever. She tried to kill her child. I would be hysterical. She's just kind of sitting there like, like, I don't know. I I think she's fantastic. And even better is Vera Farmiga in this movie. She is so good. You've heard me say this 50 times now, but Hmm. the other thing about this movie is James Wan did such a, he's so good at it is building these stories that you can just scale to multiple levels through different channels, through different spinoffs all off of a single movie. Um, what I really love about the Conjuring universe, or not necessarily the universe, but this first movie, is just the overall eeriness of the movie, which I think you see throughout. I think this is what started that eeriness. And it's subtle eeriness. It's nothing crazy. It's not you know insane special effects or anything like that. For instance, the hands coming out of the wardrobe and clapping. Like when that... Yeah. When I first said that is so scary. Or when the camera zooms out on Bathsheba was on top of that wardrobe... That is so scary. Or when mm-hmm. the, the mom is at the top of the steps and it's dark and she's doing the matches and she's like running out of matches. And then you see yeah. that it, behind, dude, it is, it's so effective and it's so simple. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They're just perfectly placed jump scares. Everything is so perfectly timed out. Um, the aspect of a person being haunted and not the place, I think is also a great change to these types of movies. And I love how that's implemented and explained through this movie. It's like, yeah, you can leave the house, but it's not going to help anything. The demons attach mm-hmm. itself to you, not the house. Um, and again, I'm also a sucker for kids in horror movies. So the parent children, I think they're all great. It's, I think it's hilarious that you thought they suck so bad. Um, I didn't say they suck. That was not the word I used. Uh-huh. I just said their that acting I don't... was terrible. No, 
That's no, what you said. I said the ape. I said the girl that plays April, the little mm-hmm. girl, acts terrible. She's like mm-hmm. the most cliched, like little girl playing in a horror movie that I've ever fucking seen. Like, yeah, no, but I didn't say anyone else was bad. I think the acting from the kids is mostly good, except for April. I think she could have. There could have been someone that took changing her place your tune. He's changing his tune now. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm not changing my tune. You're putting words in my mouth. No, nope, you're, saying you're that changing I said that all your the kids tune. In general, were bad. You I did. said April's bad. You said the kids sucked. I remember it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> okay. I relate much more to this family than the first family, and uh, yeah, so they did get a great deal in the house because of all the shit that's happened there. It's a fixer upper. The dad is a truck driver, but he's like down on his luck because he has that one phone call where he basically he gets whatever job he can get. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I just relate to that family more so than the family in the second one. Um, but God, Bathsheba is horrifying to me. It's just the, I think it's one of the best best parts of the storyline is the house itself and then Bathsheba mixed in with it. And then you find out all of the uh, backstory of how the basically anybody that tries to take her land is cursed and that's why mm-hmm. she's doing all this. Um Again, Lily Taylor's performance in the final scenes is, I think it's on par with um, Tony Collette in Hereditary. I really do think she is that top notch. And those are two people I feel don't get enough credit for their contributions um, or just their acting abilities. So I, I think, again, fantastic. I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but... The other thing is it really does do a great job of adding some comedy aspects into the, cause this movie is terrifying. And then there's just like yeah. funny scenes, but it's all funny inter, in, like interactions between all the people that are there. Like, uh, what the hell is that cop's name in the freaking movie? I forget. It's, uh, see, and I talk about in my review of the conjuring, I can't stand that character. Oh uh, dude, he's hilarious. Cause he doesn't I believe so any of it. Yeah, well, he's he'd be he'd be you in a horror movie, then, huh? Yeah, you. Yeah, I guess because he doesn't believe any of it, and then you see he slowly changes, and then he does he starts to believe. So I don't know. I just think that's that's another good aspect of it. But the other thing with this movie is I feel like James Wan set the bar so high that any movie after it, in my opinion, because you can see by the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, scores that none of the other movies have have been rated higher than, and even though you disagree, but based on these ratings. I, I don't know if he set the bar too high out of the gate with this movie or what, but I don't think there's ever going to be an addition to this universe that's better than the first Conjuring movie. Um, and you'll never convince me otherwise. So my number one okay. is is The Conjuring. That's okay. I mean, we we all have our opinions. It's that's fine. true, that's, even when they're that's wrong. That's what I love about horror. So The Conjuring was in my top three. It's just not the best one in the franchise, in my opinion. So I understand. I understand. It's a little disappointing. <laughs> he understands, but uh, his uh, facial expressions are telling me otherwise. <laughs> shocked. I'm shocked. It's just a, it's a fantastic movie. I don't know. Well, good. It's about time I fucking get to shock you for once. You've been doing it the last, like, three episodes or so. You've been, you know, this was my gr- this was my redeeming grudge moment for you. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> this no, has see, been a that's long... the thing. I'm not like angry about it. I'm just. I'm not angry either. I'm just saying this has no, been a long time. You were definitely coming, angry so. when the, when I said the Grudge 2020. You were angry. Uh, most people would be. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it's true. The most most of the people I've talked to about the Grudge 2020 say it's garbage. That's so. because of the way you preface the conversation. No, I've witnessed you doing it. it. No, no, no. No, they've seen it before I even said okay. anything about All it. All right, I've witnessed you doing it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. 
All right, let's we'll agree re- to disagree. That's fine. Let's recap our picks, Michael. Am I going first, or would you like to go first? I'll go first. So at number seven is the Curse of La Llorona. Number six is the Nun. Number five is Annabelle Comes Home. Number four is Annabelle. Number three is the Conjuring. At two, I have the Conjuring two, and at number one, I have Annabelle Creation. All right, my number seven is Annabelle, followed by Annabelle Comes Home at number six, The Nun at number five, Annabelle Creation at number four, The Curse of La Llorona at number three, The Conjuring 2 at number two, and The Conjuring at number one. Very solid. Very solid, Michael. What a great, great universe this is. I'm refusing to call it a franchise. I don't know why. Yeah, well, and the funny thing is, is we only agreed on one film out of this entire franchise, and that was our number two picks. <sighs> That's true. We were like way off here. Mm-hmm. Is, is this Which the is most... going to be fun for the listeners? I think. I think the listeners going to enjoy this because, you know, there's there's episodes that I feel like we're probably going to do in the future where we line up pretty well, and you know, I feel like people are going to be like, well. Their picks are all the same. So what's the fun of that? You know, I don't think our picks are ever the same though, which is good. That's true. You'll have that. What are you going to do? Yeah. (sighs) Well, dude, that wraps up the conjuring, uh, the conjuring universe. Is there anything else you want to say before I jump into what next episodes uh, franchise is going to be? I'm just really excited to see, you know, what they do with the conjuring three. Um, the tra- I'm not going to lie. The trailer has me a little bit worried, though. Oh, really? I, See, I think it looks good. <laughs> I think it looks good, but I'm like, I'm trying to uh, stay guarded with it because I'm like, James Wan isn't coming back to direct this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. From like what I could see in the third one, it kind of has like a different look and a different feel than the other films in the Conjuring franchise. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm keeping an open mind, just like I'm keeping an open mind with Spiral. I'm not completely sold on Spiral either. Um, You are a negative Nancy. No, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm just guarded with certain things because I'm like, Hmm. well, you know. It's movies. They're supposed to be fun. Who cares if they suck? They are fun. Oh, but you see, listeners, let me preface this. He likes to talk about how positive he is on this podcast. You can't tell. You don't know how many times he's told me this movie fucking sucks. And I'll tell you why. What movie? (laughs) Uh, just a lot of movies that you messaged me about. You're like, this movie fucking sucks. No, uh, what was it? Only oh, the village. Oh, was it the village? Um, us. You said us sucks. It does suck. It's a terrible movie. Hmm. But you wouldn't say that on the podcast because you like positivity, and I'm the negative one. No, if we talked about it on here, I would <laughs> I would say that I have anything good to say about it. But that's because I've watched it, and that's how I feel about it. Not. I watched yeah. a trailer and one of the scenes was a little dim, so I don't think I'm gonna like this movie. I'm on to you, Nancy. I didn't say that. Negative. I said I'm keeping an, op- I said I'm keeping an open mind. Mm-hmm. It's how you say it though. See, listeners, just listen. He's I'm telling you. We're gonna get we're gonna make you a positive Polly. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Oh, this, this episode's getting a little heated, isn't it? I'm not heated. Oh boy. Episode What's the next episode? Seven? Is this seven? No, this is six. This is six. Are you sure? Yep. So episode seven will be Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The franchise will be (laughs) The Hatchet franchise. 
Interesting. Okay. Have you watched these? I've seen the first one. Mm, you're in for a treat. So this is going to be another Hannibal Lecter type of deal where I haven't seen most of the movies in the franchise. So that'll that be could, fun. That could be good. The Hannibal one worked out well for you. How many are how many are in the Hatchet one? There's four. So there's Hatchet one, two, three, and then the fourth is Victor Crowley. Okay. Mm-hmm. That should be fun. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for you to I, watch them if you haven't ever seen them. Yeah, I'm excited. For some reason, I thought you were going to say the Wrong Turn franchise because on the last episode, we had just talked about how I watched Wrong Turn recently. I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to pick Wrong Turn because now I finally watched the new one. Mm. <laughs> See, I want to do a Wrong Turn 20... Is it 2021? 2020? Whatever. The new one. I want to do an episode on that movie before we do that franchise because I don't want that to be the first time I could talk about it because then I'll be on here for six hours talking about that one movie. So, Yeah. I got to well, get it all out of my system first. I'll make sure to lock that one in for you in July for the 10th. We can talk about um, wrong turn. Mm, maybe we'll see. I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, shoot. Oh, man. All right. Well, Michael, great choice. I do Thank love you. this. I do love the Conjuring universe. I do love this franchise. Um, I might have been poking the bear a little bit throughout here just messing with you about your pick. So <laughs> I don't want you to get off. It's set, okay. We, we, we mess with each other all the time. You you and Seth, I love how you and Seth are always like, you couldn't hold your own with us. And I was like, mm, we're doing a pretty good job at it. When I was um, the other day when we were messaging each other, I was coming back with those comebacks real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're proud of yourself. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, again, I'm Josh. You can check out my other podcast. We are the Horror Movie Crew. We have weekly releases. Uh, we talk about mo- uh, horror movies. Each week we go through scene by scene, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and then we give it a rating at the end. And we are where you should be going to get your horror movie ratings. Not those other folks. Come to us. We know what we're talking about. Yes, they do. Very good. You guys are a very great podcast. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and you can find me at We Love Horror Podcast. And I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm anywhere you stream your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. Um, you can find me on there. And uh, yeah, if you want to, you can leave Josh's podcast and my podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well. So helps our podcasts grow, I think. We would greatly appreciate it. For sure. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Josh, is there anything you wanted to say on a final note? or No, sir. I think I've said enough. They're sick of me already. Alrighty. Well, uh, with that being said, we're going to head out of here. We'll see you guys next time on the next episode where we cover the Hatchet franchise. So, very fun. But uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Bye. Cue the music. Damn it, I got to do that. Yeah.